Super Talk Mississippi media production. Or pre record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. And good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Eagle Hour. Glad you're with us around the state of Mississippi this afternoon on the Super Talk Radio Network, wherever you're listening in. We hope you're having a peaceful and, and good day. Bob Getty and Luke Johnson from the First Bank Studios here in Hattiesburg and, of course, in Laurel. Uh, former Southern Miss football player and movie star Gary Grubbs is going to be joining us a little later in the program. He's always a great deal of fun to talk to. And uh, Luke, first we're going to we're going to talk about the serious stuff before we get to uh, our first guest, Doctor Mark Horn, who is the chief medical officer for South Central Regional Medical Center in Laurel. How are you today, my friend? I'm excellent, thank you. Doing good, man. Go ahead, go ahead, Luke. Uh, doing good. Just uh, ate some barbecue before lunch, and uh, yeah, we're just trying to mix it up with uh, both sports and addressing the, the greatest need in our culture right now. Right, no question. Dr. Mark Horn is the Chief Medical Officer for South Central Regional Medical Center. Doctor, we know you're probably as busy as you've ever been in your career, and we uh, first of all want to thank you, sir, for taking the time to talk to our listeners around the state. I'm happy to do so. Uh, we have, you know, we need to let people know what's going on and uh, what they can do to help themselves and help us help them. All right, Doctor. As of airtime, 377 cases in Mississippi, now two deaths, 57 new cases of this virus in the last 24 hours, 12th highest rate in the country per capita of population. Doctor, there. I think it's fair to say that there are a lot of people, and, and I know some of these people, that are at home, they're concerned, they're scared. I mean, I, I think that's a... I think that's a fair word uh, to put out there. Before we get into any specifics, what what message as a physician uh, in your position do you have for people that, that really are afraid right now? Well, uh, so for the statewide audience and local audiences, some of these things may differ a little bit. That's one of the interesting things about this disease. It is a nationwide, it's a worldwide problem. However, the experience of it can vary a bit from locale to locale. So that's the first thing. Know what's going on in your location. Uh, For us in Laurel, uh, we've been blessed thus far to have, uh, we actually have zero Jones Countyans who've tested positive so far. We've actually done 105 tests at our hospital, have 78 negatives and two positives, neither of whom were from Jones County. So that's our local environment. Across the state, what can I tell people? Um, Don't panic. Just plan. Uh, I tell people the same thing. Uh, I would tell people the same thing if a hurricane was coming or if there's bad weather and the tornadoes were in the area. You don't panic. You plan. Uh, and so wh- how do you plan for this? Well, you, you plan by doing exactly what uh, the public health officials and our government officials have told us to do, this social distancing and flattening the curve. It works. It is the most important thing we can do right now. We're in this phase of trying to flatten the curve so that we can prevent this massive surge that has been seen in other parts of the world from hitting the healthcare uh, facilities, hitting the hospitals and the ICUs. If we can accomplish that, if we can flatten this curve by 
social distancing, hand washing, not gathering together in crowds of greater than 10, we do all these things, then we can protect the hospitals, we can protect the ability of the hospitals and the healthcare work, workers to protect you. Because, you know, just because this disease hit doesn't mean other things quit happening. People are still having heart attacks and strokes. They're still getting pneumonia from other reasons. They're still getting all kinds of other things that people need to come to hospitals for. So we need to socially distance, wash our hands, do exactly what the CD has told us to do. And uh, I would say if you feel good, if you're feeling healthy and not having fever and not having a respiratory illness, don't go get tested right now. Uh, there's no reason for you to be tested. A test will, if you're healthy or feeling good, even if you have a cough and fever, but it's the kind of cough and fever you would normally stay home for, that's what's going to happen even if you go to get tested. You're going to go back home. We're not going to put you in the hospital. The test is going to take, in Mississippi, for us here in Laurel, it's taking me at least uh, three to five days to get a test back. So I'm not going to change your treatment uh, based on that test unless I put you in the hospital. Right. So the, for the people who are going to be at home, just if, if you're sick enough that you think you might need to be in the hospital, please go uh, call your local emergency room or call your family doctor. Let them know what's going on with you. Let them tell you what to do and how to engage the medical system. But don't necessarily feel like if it's just a cough, cold, sniffles, and it's not something you would normally seek medical care for, it's perfectly okay to stay home, stay away from others. It could be COVID. It very well may be. It may also be just a normal, routine, uh, minor respiratory illness. All right, doctor, a couple uh, questions. We've got about four and a half, five minutes left segment. Is it safe to go to the grocery store? If you want to go to the – the the short answer is yes. Uh, The more detailed answer is – Take some hand sanitizer with you. Sanitize your hands. Sanitize. Uh, they should have wipes out there for you to sanitize the cart. Uh, stay separated from other people uh, by at least six feet. If you have a respiratory ill, if you've got a call for a cold or other symptoms, put a mask on before you go out. The mask protects other people from you. Wearing a mask doesn't typically protect you very well from other people unless it's in a healthcare setting. We are a special situation where we need often, even not always, but often we need to wear masks in uh, the presence of patients who are sick to help protect us. But in the, in the world, out in the normal retail world, uh, just the normal precautions that we tell you otherwise to use, and go to the grocery store. Right. Uh, one thing I've seen the last couple of days is some of these home building stores, Lowe's, Home Depot, what have you, just people just crammed inside the store. And uh, standing in line, shoulder to shoulder in line, not not what we're being advised to do. Am I correct, doctor? Absolutely correct. I went to Lowe's uh, a few days ago out of necessity. I was, and I did exactly what I've just talked about. I we there was a line of about four people, and believe it or not, here in Laurel, we were spacing ourselves out about six feet from each other. We just did it. Mm-hmm. And uh, yes. Uh, the curve won't be flattened if people don't do what they're supposed to do. We need everybody to help. Listen to what the health officials are telling you. Listen to what the government officials are telling you. Socially distance yourself. 
only go out when you have to. If you've got to go to Lowe's, if you've got to go to uh, your pharmacy, if you've got to go to the grocery store, do so. But be broad, be smart about it. Be calculating about it. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, another question, Doctor, before we run out of time. A lot of our restaurant friends, uh, the restaurants are closed. They're offering takeout food, uh, you know, drive-through food. Is it safe to to bring takeout food into your home? Yes. So no hesitancy about that at all for people to do that? Um, I'm doing it uh, with some frequency to support my local restaurants. I have no hesitation about it. Okay. And any special advice for people in the – I don't think people are 100% sure what it means to be in the high-risk group. I'm going to use myself as an example. I have diabetes. I'm 65, but I work out. I feel like I'm in pretty good health, you know, for someone my age. is that necessarily high risk, not myself personally, but, but people in that in that group, or is it dead fast if you're 65 or older, you're in the high risk group? The older you are and the more medical problems that you have, the higher your risk. It doesn't necessarily mean that something evil will befall you, but yes, it puts you into a risk, a group that is at greater risk of complications, and we do pay more attention to that group in terms of testing and in terms of uh, precautions. But if a 65-year-old healthy diabetic came to see me with uh, cold-like symptoms and was otherwise doing well, if they had cough and uh, runny nose and uh, low-grade temperature, I would probably, uh, and they were otherwise looking good, I would send them home and I would tell them to take something for their fever and to let me know if they got worse. I might call them the next day or, you know, I would just tell them to socially distance themselves from others and um, wear a mask if they were in public. And isn't that the case, though, with everything? I mean, isn't that the case with flu? The older yeah. you are, the more other health conditions you have, the more apt you are to have complications. That is a that is true. The older you are, the more medical problems you have, the more likely you are to have complications from any number of things. This is no different uh, with COVID-19. All right, Doctor. Great advice. We really do appreciate your time. I'm going to reach out to the lady that books our show and see if maybe we can bring you back on one day next week, because I think, if you're willing, what what you gave us is the common sense advice that I think so many people right now are searching for. So uh, thank you very much, sir, for your time, and, uh, and we hope that you and your family stay well. Thank you so much. All right, everybody. That's Dr. Mark Horn, who is the Chief Medical Officer for South Central Regional Medical Center in Jackson. I mean, Laurel, excuse me with some very good common sense advice uh, for all of you listening today. And we want to make sure that we get as much of that information to you as we can. All right, we're going to get in a better mood. We're going to have a little lighter time. We're about to bring the one and only Gary Grubbs on the Eagle Hour, former Southern Miss football player and now television and movie star. He's next on the Eagle Hour. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Hey, welcome back, everybody. I want to thank Dr. Mark Horn uh, for joining us in that first segment. The serious stuff, and uh, he was very good at getting out some 
I think, very common sense information. Bob Getty, Luke Johnson, First Bank Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg. Uh, opening segment of the show was sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue Pit. Remember, they're still serving. Uh, they're, they're doing their drive-throughs. They'll deliver food to you. The food's always good and delicious. And as you heard the doctor say, 100% safe for you to go through the drive-through, for you to have food delivered to you. So uh, keep Dickies in mind. Uh, and real quickly, uh, TeleSouth uh, Communications tomorrow will have up on their corporate website a list of all restaurants uh, in the TeleSouth family around Mississippi and information on how you can contact them to have food delivered to your home or you can have takeout. All right, our next guest, always look forward to having him on the show. He was a wide receiver for the Golden Eagles back in his day and since leaving uh, the football field, has become a really well-known and uh, I think it's fair to use the word famous actor for our next <laughs> guest, Gary Grubbs. You're a famous guy, right, Gary? I'm pretty famous in Hattiesburg, but if you uh, if I walk down the streets <laughs> of New York, nobody notices me. I will so. have to say this about you. you I, I consider you famous, but you're a neighbor of mine, and I saw you taking your own garbage out uh, Tuesday morning. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm a, I'm a regular guy who happens to do a few movies, is what I am. <laughs> a hundred and, what what was it, Luke, 170 movies and TV shows? That's yeah, it. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, I've, I've been in a few. I uh, And the crazy thing is the cable the cable uh, business keeps you alive because TNT and USA and TBS and all those different channels are, are showing, you know, somebody said to me the other day, I saw you on MASH yesterday. Well, I did MASH 40 years ago. <laughs> So, uh, so you kind of stay alive whether you want to or not. Even when you know, I look my, look like my son Logan doing television. Right, right. So, all right, Luke, what is your favorite? What would be your favorite Gary Grubbs movie or TV show? I enjoyed. Um, well, I mean, the obvious ones are, are out there, but you know, Gary, I enjoyed. I watched. Uh, I watched Parkland one time on a on a flight to uh, to India. And what was it like playing Dr. Clark? And, and you've been in two really JFK roles. Uh, what was uh, the, the big one, of course. With, um, but what was, what was the difference between telling uh, really two sides of that story? Well, uh, that part that was interesting, uh, well, because I'm the one, the first one that says, okay, guys, uh, the president's dead. We can't, you know, we've been here trying to revive him for 30 minutes, and he's dead. And so I have to tell the room, and then I have to go out and tell the news. So it's pretty, uh, and the scene before that is me telling a joke in the refreshment area. We're drinking coffee, and I'm telling my latest funny joke. And the next scene, I'm announcing, you know, all of a sudden, JFK, I'm at a teacher hospital, and that's the closest hospital, and he's been shot, and they come in there with him, and so have to go in there and, and say, okay, guys, this, you know, this is the end of this. So it was, it was pretty dramatic. And, uh, uh, and I enjoyed working on that movie and, and with that director. Now, what's his name? <laughs> I can't remember. For you know, Parkland? Yeah. Y'all can look that up. You got to remind me. Peter, Peter Landon, Landonsman, that's is that it. how you pronounce it? Yeah. Yeah. That's right. And, uh, then uh, he hired me again on a movie called uh, with Will Smith, and it was about uh, concussion, it was called, and it was about the beginnings of, uh, he was the first doctor in America, and he found, they, they brought a, a guy in off the streets, and this guy had uh, died on the streets, and he was a well-known uh, 
center for a Green Bay Packers. And he had left home, and he I mean, he was completely gone. His brain had been gone, and he studied his brain, and that was the first one, first doctor, and they couldn't get him to quit. And he's the one that started all of this, this whole movement of uh, concussions and football injuries and what it does to to those guys that, you know, keep hitting heads year after year. So he And so that brought the rule forward about, you know, uh, not hitting somebody in the head with your helmet. So all that was part of it. Gary, 170-plus movies and TV shows. Is it possible to remember every one that you, uh, every one that you acted in? Every job, no, I guess? A, no. Well, here's the deal. Uh, sometimes you do one, and then they change the name of it. And <laughs> because they, they cut it together, they show it to an audience, and then they test the audience to see if the name fits the movie. So they change the name of the movie. And then somebody says to me, "I saw you on so and so." Well, I don't know. I don't know what that movie is because that was not the name when I made the movie. So, <laughs> and so then, then I will have made the movie and worked two days on it, and I will never see it. I never. I will never see it on television or the, or the theater, but other people will, and they will talk to me about it. And I don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> so you don't watch. You haven't watched every every movie, every TV episode you've been in. Is that what we're hearing? You haven't watched every yeah. one. Of them. Probably 25 or 30 I've never seen. Now, some of them I didn't see because <laughs> I wasn't too crazy about my part, wasn't too crazy about the director. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. I got through with it and go, that's not what I'm do. I'm not proud of that. So I just kind of forget about it mm-hmm. until somebody, then yeah. somebody sees you and says, I saw you in so-and-so and I just loved you. I thought you were great. <laughs> so, but I, no, I haven't seen them all. What was uh, what was your experience, uh, particularly with with Matthew McConaughey and the Free State of Jones? I was intrigued about that. My great great uncle was W.W. Summerall, who was third in command of the Night Company. And you know, being uh, you living in Hattiesburg now, being a part of a, a historical event that's so close to where you live. Well, I'll tell you a little. <laughs> Maybe I should, but I'll tell you an inside Hollywood set story. So I'm a, I don't have any scenes with Matthew McConaughey, which is, happens a lot of times. You're in one part of the story. I'm in the courtroom, and see, he's out in the field. So my stuff is courtroom stuff, so I never, I never deal with him. So one morning I come to the set, and there he is practicing with a lady who uh, I'm about to interrogate as, as a lawyer. And then I find out it's his mother. He put his mother in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> and he's giving her a hard time. He said, no, talk faster, Mom. Okay, wait, wait, slow down right there, Mom. Okay, you need to speak louder right there, Mom. And he's making her so nervous, and I'm thinking, good gracious, I have to do a scene with her in a minute. So I go over there, and I, and I don't know him. I said, hey, I'm Gary Grubbs. He goes, Matthew McConaughey. I said, okay, uh, why don't you let me do the scene with her? And he looks at me like, who do you think you are? <laughs> and I said, well, I got the camera's going to be rolling in a minute, and she and I are going to do the scene, so let, let me practice with her a little bit. And he said, okay, like, who do you think you are? So I said, okay. I forget her name. I said, look, forget there's a camera. Forget we're on, uh, forget we're making a movie. I just want you to talk to me. And I'm going to ask you questions. You know how to dish, you know how to talk about people and do gossip? She goes, absolutely. I said, that's all we're going to do. We're just going to do gossip. All right, and here we go. And we would do it, and we did it two or three times. And she looked over at him and said, I like him a lot better. You can leave. (laughs) Which only his mother could have said that to him, right? Only his mom. Yeah. So, yeah, and he looked at me and just kind of, you know, turned his nose up and left. He, 
it was the perfect thing to do. I mean, he had her so nervous she was going to be unable to do the scene, and I kind of knew how. To, I mean, I also teach acting. I knew how to settle her down, and and we did really well. Now, here's the good part of that. After it was over, I thought, well, that scene will be in the movie. That's a good scene, and it's his mother, and so that you know, a lot of times things get cut out. No, it's not in the movie. They cut that part out. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, are these big-name actors that you've worked with, I'm going to assume, Gary, they're like everybody else. Some of them are really nice people. Some are not. That's, that's, a, that's a, a pretty good analogy, and, I, and I'll give you a, a real specific one. I worked with uh, Joe Pesci uh, in a television series called Half Nelson years ago, and at the time he came on, he signed to do the series and for Goodfellas, and then he didn't want to do the series. So he showed up doing the series, and he was just a butt. He was impossible to deal with because he didn't want to be there. Meanwhile, we were opposite Dallas in the Who Shot JR, Who Shot JR era, and nobody was watching us anyway, so he was embarrassed. And Dick Butkus was on the show, and Bubba Smith was on the show, famous uh, Hall of Fame football players. And Joe Pesci, and he was the biggest mess. He was such a pain. He wouldn't show up. He wouldn't know his lines. He would cuss everybody out. And uh, until Dick Butkus threw him up, up against the wall and told him to behave himself. <laughs> See, the behind the behind the story stuff is better than, than what y'all know. So Dick, Dick, Dick Butkus one day just grabbed him, pushed him up against the wall, and he said, no more of that. You be here, you be on time, you know your lines. Guess what? He did. Joe Pesci, Joe Pesci understood that. He, he was fine. So now, and then I don't know, a few few years later, I worked with him on something called Gone Fishing. And he was happy. He'd won another Oscar. He was doing fine. He was the nicest guy you've ever seen. Right. So he went from the biggest butt one time to the nicest guy the next time. And it was really, it was really hard to believe how he had changed. And it's just where he was in his life, where he was in his career, how he was feeling whether he was glad to be there, whether he liked to part, all factor into. But it's, the general rule is true. Actors are just like, you know, all the group of people you work with or all the group you grew up with. There's some that aren't very pleasant, you don't like that well, and there are others that you really think, you know, think the world of and do anything for. Right. And actors are generally that. But having said that, their careers and where they are in their career sometimes influences how they feel and whether they want to be there or not. All right, right, Gary, can you hang on? We want to talk to you about your Southern Miss football days while we have you on the phone. That good? All right, I'll make up some stuff. All right, Gary Grubbs with us, everybody. (laughs) Stay tuned. He'll be right back on the Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Back on a Wednesday, third segment of the Eagle Hour, brought to us every day by 4th Street Bar and Grill, located on 4th Street in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. $8.95 daily lunch special. That includes a drink. They're doing a drive-by. Just pull up in the parking lot. They'll uh, give you give them their your order, and uh, they will give it to you also delivering to where you live. 
We appreciate 4th Street Bar and Grill and their sponsorship of the Eagle Hour. We continue with Gary Grubbs. And, uh, Gary, you and I, uh, I, I met you the first time when I was a student at, at Southern Miss. Uh, your daughter Molly and I graduated together. But I just found out in the commercial break we're also connected in this way. You are going to be the starting punter for the Southern Miss football team, but a specific guy came into the picture. A guy named Ray Guy showed up, and I thought, oh, I'm not worried about him. And we went out before the first uh, practice, and we were just punting warming up. And and about four punts, I thought, no, I'm not the punter. This guy's a punter. I, just, I mean, it was just I'd never, you know, my whole life I'd been punting and excited about what I thought I was going to do, and I could not compete with him. I would get a good 45, 50-yard punt off, and then he'd punt it over my head every time. So he took over, and uh, somehow ended up being in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> somehow. Somehow. All right, Gary, so you can't, you went so on you to were, be a wide receiver. wide receiver. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I played wide receiver, and it was the, it was the beginning of the era of two wide receivers, and uh, we didn't uh, snap the ball dire- uh, direct. That hadn't started yet. But it's when we started spreading the field out and uh, and throwing the ball more. And I was in the beginning of that era, and I would move from tight end to wide receiver to slot back, but mostly wide receiver. Weak side wide receiver. I don't know what that meant. The strong side is where the, uh, the extra uh, hatchback lined up. But anyway, uh, that's what I played my last three years. Luke, go ahead. So when you were at Southern Miss, I, I can't remember exactly because I wasn't alive, and that's not an insult to either one of you gentlemen. But you know the, the gold rush started. Your last year was '71. The uh, you were you a part of the uh, the defeat with Archie Manning under P.W. Underwood? Yes, I was, and uh, we could have played them fifty times, and they would have beat us forty-nine. I mean, they had a, they were fourth in the nation. They had a phenomenal, phenomenal team. And uh, that was back in the era, you know, where they would finish in the top five every year. But anyway, so they're trying to work their way up to the national championship. And uh, we went up to Oxford, and you'd have to watch. You'd have to have the opportunity to watch the tape of what everything went right, things that went wrong for them, things that went right for us. You know, that, that old term, on any given day, you can get beat. Well, they were, I think the week before, San Diego State had beat us like 49 to 12 or something. I mean, we had no business being in the ball game. But as you watch the tape, you can see exactly how we won the game, how everybody, you know, everybody has a good game. A lot of people had a good game, and a lot of things went our way. And then when it got turned around, they got in a panic and didn't play well. And uh, so it was pretty extraordinary. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, you know, they talk about the biggest upset and the biggest this and the biggest. We, we weren't supposed to be in that game. Oh. And uh, and we won thirty to fourteen. Had more first downs. That I mean, it was just pretty remarkable. So, Gary, when you came to Southern Miss, uh, did you come to Southern Miss strictly as a student athlete, or did you have acting in your in your head when you came here to play football? No, I uh, I was an athlete, and my my sweet mate is you know four got two guys in one room, two guys in another room. You swear uh, share a little bathroom suite. And so on the other side is a guy named Cooper Huckabee from uh, Mobile. And uh, his daddy had played at Southern Miss, and he was playing. But about his last year, he started trying to get parts in the local theater on campus. And not the local theater, but the university theater over there. And he would he would go over and try out for parts. And he would come, come bring the little script 
you know, the play, and he'd bring it to me and go, okay, Grubbs, let's rehearse this. i got to go try for this part. But don't tell any of the guys. They'll make fun of me. They'll think I'm a sissy if I'm going to go do theater. <laughs> I said, okay. So I'd practice with him, and I'd practice with him. I thought, this guy's terrible. He'll never get a part. Well, he did that for two years, and then, like, the last play they had over there, he got the part of, like, a spear catcher or something. I mean, it was he, it was nothing. <laughs> so then he leaves Southern Miss. He goes, goes down to Mobile, and he teaches coaching for two years. And that's the last I hear, hear from him. And then I graduate laying on the couch at my house, and I hear his voice. And I wake up, and there he is on Little House on the Prairie. And then uh, so I thought, what in the world? There's Cooper on television. So I uh, I was selling bulldozers for a living and bored to tears. So I, uh, I, I knew his family phone number, and I called, and they gave me his number, and I called him. And he said the very stinking thing he should have never said to me. He said, Grubbs, you need to get out here. This beats the heck out of work. Mm. I said, okay, I'm on the way. So uh, my wife... <laughs> My wife had done some television. She was Miss Mississippi. She'd done some singing. She wasn't scared of it. And I said, let's just go out there and try it for six months. Just see what happens. You know, we're bored right here. And uh, so we, you know, sold the house, the dog, and the barn and loaded up and went to L.A. And thank goodness when I got there, Dukes of Hazard and B.J. and the Bear and Dallas and all that kind of stuff was on. So uh, being a Southern boy was okay. Mm-hmm. And I just, so I didn't do any acting. I just went in there with myself and, and was smart enough to do a salesmanship. I went and found a local, uh, a casting director who was from Mississippi. Said, man, you got to help me get my first part. So he, he helped me get my first two parts. And then I started going to class and started kind of learning something about it. And then from there, I started, I started writing. And I've had a little success as a writer, which most people don't know. I had a movie on Netflix back here last year and i'm doing more of that today than i am acting uh the acting business is not as nearly as lucrative or as appealing as it was and and mostly it's because of the material i get a lot of material and i go i don't think i want to do that Mm -hmm. i don't think i want to say that you know what i mean right exactly right and it was yeah for 30 years it was never that problem and now literally half of everything they send me i go i'm not doing that you can offer me the part i'm not doing that right so i can't kind of going back to writing all right so what what is your latest project I, I you did just complete a movie though did you not i just completed a movie called okay let me say this the the movie if you want to see the movie on netflix is called i'll fly away. no if i had wings <laughs> and you go on netflix and look up the dolly pardon anthology series dolly pardon heartstrings and in there is if i had wings and that's something i wrote and it's uh Gerald McCraney, Mississippi Boy, and Delta Burke are the leads. Hmm. So you can find that on Netflix. Now, what did you just ask me? No, uh, and have you? did you just finish a movie? Did I understand that? I, I, I did a movie called, let's see what that thing's called, Black Market Baby. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and and when, can we, when can we see that? Well, that's. Uh, we don't know because it was made. It was a low-budget movie made by a French company down in Lafayette, Louisiana, and uh, it turned out to be a nice little movie. And they they're looking at Netflix, they're looking at Hulu. They they got to shop it. When they get through with it, there are several places out there. They, they used to you used to know where the movie was going before you made it. Now they make the movie and shop it because there's so many places to sell. Right. It. 
So, right. so I, w- I won't know for a while, but it's called Black Market Baby. And uh, I play the sheriff, and uh, I steal babies on the side. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. All right, Gary, we got a minute left. I-, I know people would like to hear your thoughts about what we're all dealing with right now, the virus, and any thoughts you might have to our Southern Miss folks around the state. Well, you know, it's interesting to me when people go, "This, you know, this is political." Because if you've been in LA with me three weeks ago, uh, th- those people weren't worried about politics; they're worried about a virus. And I, I, would, I tried to go in a Costco three weeks ago out there, and they were sold out. I mean, they were way ahead of us, mm-hmm. and it was spreading like so. I just don't know. I have no confidence. I think it's going to get a lot worse before it gets a lot better. I just saw a report on New Orleans where it's just—I don't know—forty-something people. I mean, a lot of people died today in New Orleans. So I just think it's going to keep going. It will play itself out, but it's going to have to play itself out. It's not going to, and this distancing is going to help. But this whole idea we're going to go back to work or, you know, uh, everybody's going to be at church on Easter, I don't think that's going to happen. My, my, my opinion is that it's going to get worse before it's going to get better, and it's going to be really bad for a lot of people. Right. So And, and – and you know we're, we're we're thinking about all those people, obviously. I tell you what, what on a, on a happier note, it would be a good time to stay at home and watch Gary Grubbs movies. Go for it. <laughs> Make it. I happen. just got excited that you were in the A Team. You were in an episode of the A Team and Magnum PI. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I've, yeah. I've, I've worked with worked with some of the big guys, and you know, and that was fun back in the day. Right. And you're ready for this? You want to hear this? Yeah. They paid me more. For Magnum PI and A Team that I can make today, is that there is right? no money in acting, wow. and you know why? There's so many channels and there's so many streaming services. Nobody's watching. I used to do a movie of the week; fifty million people would see it. I do a movie of the week today; two million people see it. Right. So there's no audience. It's all spread out. Right. So there's, right. there's no money in acting. So you guys who think you want to go be actors, don't. Gary Grubbs, always fun to talk to you, always a pleasure, and we always appreciate uh, your willingness to come on our shows here at Super Talk. Call me anytime. All right, everybody. Gary Grubbs, and uh, I- I'll guarantee you, Luke, there- there's a Gary Grubbs movie you can go find tonight somewhere uh, on a streaming anyway. service and watch. Exactly right. All right, when we come back, Kelly will join us. Eagle Hour continues after this. Southern Miss to the top. Greatly appreciate Gary Grubbs for hanging out with us in that second and third segment. Fourth segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you by Toyota of Hattiesburg, located online, toyotaofhattiesburg.com, and on Highway 98 in Hattiesburg, uh, Mississippi. Uh, Dr. Mark Horn joined us in the first segment um, today, and it's of note, Bob, we should mention that Governor Tate Reeves of Mississippi has signed a new executive order and uh, really putting uh, officially some of these guidelines that we have been trying to follow for the last several weeks. Mississippians must avoid non-essential gatherings of 10 people or more, uh, suspending dine-in services at restaurants and bars across the state. You can still use drive-through, takeout, and delivery services. 
No visitation at hospitals, nursing homes, or long-term care facilities. Businesses uh, should allow every possible em- uh, employee to work from home, and they have defined what is an essential business. These are, I believe, in effect until April the 17th. So, right. Governor Reeves, with that, you can uh, find that online also. Um, on the, the Twitter front, Southern Miss Baseball continues to uh, allow you, the fan, to select the all Berry team. I think we were a consensus yesterday that Dylan Burdeau was the first baseman, and he is. He got 56% uh, of the vote on the tap for today. Second base voting, you got a choice with Isaac Rodriguez, Nick Dawson, or Matt Guidry. Guidry currently leading at 91, uh, almost 92% of the vote. All that is on Southern Miss Baseball on Twitter. All right, uh, we have located uh, Kelly Center. Where where is he, Luke? Where you're the guy tracking him down? Yeah, so you know how uh, the Department of Defense puts out a tracking, a Santa tracker. We have an right. official Kelly tracker, and he's been spotted in downtown Hot Springs, Arkansas, walking, uh, throwing quarters into the natural hot spring. How is it, Kelly? <laughs> See, and I'm I'm supposed to be part of the the government's fitness protection program, and you're right. telling everybody where I'm at. Right. Santa, are you wearing that Speedo in the hot springs? Yeah, but I I am wearing my Speedo. I look like a Bartlett pair with a rubber band around me. (laughs) Not not a pretty sight. When I jumped into the the springs, I flooded the valley. So I I don't think I'm a real welcome guest right now. And by the way, with all this stuff going on, is anybody telling the Amish what's going on here? (laughs) Why, Kelly? Well, because they don't. They don't watch TV. They don't listen to radios. They don't, you know. Yeah, Kelly, I don't, I don't think there are any Amish in Hot Springs. I could be, I could be wrong about that. I think well, you're mixing try- them up with Arkansans. <laughs> well, we're just trying to make sure everybody gets taken care of here. So, if, if you know, I assure you, know you the Amish, Amish were well supplied far before this, uh, <laughs> it, before this <laughs> issue arrived. Yeah, they're not they running out of anything. Far well supplied. <laughs> That's, I just, you know, I just want to make sure the Amish know what's up too. Right. You well, you're, you're a man that is looking out for the country. There isn't any question about that. How have you enjoyed that hot spring water? Has it has it re, re, rejuvenated you in any way? Uh, the spring water that has gone in what I've drank has refreshed me more than the mm. okay. <laughs> okay. springs themselves. But you guys saw where the Bengals, uh, the Bengals snatched away Vaughn Bell from the Saints today. Oh, Luke, did you hear that? I know. I mean, that's a that's a big pickup. I, I mean, let's let's just applaud again our daily applause of the Cincinnati Bengals doing more in two months of free agency or one month of free agency than the previous fifty years of the franchise. So, congratulations, Kelly. Well, I, and I, you know, I was talking with with some of the guys, the insiders with the Bengals up there, and and I said, where are they getting the money to sign all these players? You know, DJ Reader and now Vaughn Bell, you know, and, and and some some of the other ones that they've they've signed like six free agents. And they said, "Well, it, it's it's they're going to cut Andy Dalton. Is what's going to happen? Is they're going to release Andy Dalton, and that will free up, you know, twenty five million bucks." Mm, mm. Who would be um, their quarterback? Joe Burrow. Oh yeah, that's right. They're going to burn. Yeah, they'll stick. take him in the draft. I mean, that you know, that's the way it looks now. Right. So um, Bob again, really knew the for- answer to that question, Kelly. He just wanted to allow you to give the answer to him. And actually, I was looking Bob, out for Kelly. Actually, Bob, the guys in the Bengals' office are telling me they're going after Trent Williams now, who's an offensive lineman with the uh, 
yeah. Redskins. Well, go get, get a couple good draft choices. You know, second round, third round draft choice. And my guess no, he's is a free, he's a free agent. So oh, so the Redskins get nothing out of this as usual. <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> as usual, right. right? That brilliant front office management. They get nothing but, but out follow of the trade. Up, follow up from yesterday. We were talking about Cam Newton. He has passed the physicals now, uh-huh. and um, and is now telling the word that he wants to play. He really wants yeah. wants a shot. So. Um, we'll see. So well, you, you may look around. He, he may be in one of those hot springs down there. Maybe you and Cam could, uh, you know, get your Speedos on together and uh, hop in there and get some good information from him. Yes, and once again, I would be the before picture and Cam would be the after. <laughs> no question about that. <laughs> little question. So, Luke, it appears to me Santa is headed back in this direction. You're tracking him. Am I right about that? Early indications point, he may be headed. He may still stay in uh, the southeastern footprint, but um, he may be heading to a, a cave tomorrow, perhaps. Not mm, sure, um, mm. but early signs indicate that. All right. Well, and, 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 it, and I'm hearing that it might, be, it might be Smith Lake, northwest of Birmingham, but it might not. Yeah, right. We'll just have to wait and see. We'll check in. Uh, stay warm in that Speedo, brother, and uh, we'll look forward to talking to you tomorrow. Thank you, brother. And again, get the word to the Amish, will you? All right. Until tomorrow, if you're listening, Amish, Southern Miss. To the top. Time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. Time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.